Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. It is Saturday, which means you guys are happy because Chris is here. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. How's your day going? It's going all right. I have been busy doing things, and you're sweaty. I am. I'm a sweaty guy. Yeah. Yeah. Working outside, building the goat's castle. (sighs) The goat's castle. Never a dull. Guess who got more animals? Guess who's shouting again? (laughs) Sorry, guys. On behalf of the shouter, we, just before we started recording, he's like, why are we giving away more of the apple cider? Apple cinnamon flavored energy plus. And I'm not a fan of us giving it away because I really like it and I want to keep more for myself. But Elizabeth. I know the frustrating. Is more generous than I am. Well, we don't know. It's limited quantity. So we don't know that we'll be able to get more for ourselves. Right. Maybe this will be the last time we give away the apple cinnamon. For those of you that don't know, Energy Plus is the little drink mix that we love, love, love. It's packed with vitamins and minerals and a little bit of caffeine, but they have this limited edition flavor that is apple cinnamon. I keep thinking of it as apple cider. It's yeah. ish. It's it not is, cider. It's, it's a cider-ish flavor, but yeah. no, I mean. Very, very fall festive. So that's what we're giving away today. It's great for the fall and winter. And we need to reiterate, because some poor woman did not understand this, despite the fact that I feel like we say it all the time. Yeah. Doesn't matter where you live in the world, we will still ship a prize to you. Somebody emailed Chris the other day, and basically they were like, I know it's too far. I live in England. Ah. No, she really was like, I won, but I know you can't ship it here. I totally ship it to you. Yeah, and you were like, "Uh, just send me your address because (laughs) it doesn't matter where you live. (laughs) What did you say we shipped to? Last week, guys, I shipped a prize to Malaysia. Yeah. I think they're a bit further than England, but you know, I'm not good at geography. Oh, yes, I am. Anyway, it doesn't matter where you live. It really yeah. doesn't. We you ship, win. We're we shipping. Ship, that's right. All the time. It's free. That's that's the fun part of playing this game. So we will announce the winner at the end of the show. But guys, anybody can win. There's three ways to win. You can leave a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can leave a review of Chasing Cupcakes on Amazon. Or you can just post on Facebook or Instagram. Make sure to tag me so I see it with an episode that you're listening to or that you've loved or something you've learned every single week. That's right. Give something away. Venmo Chris Thompson. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> let's dive into the questions. You we, guys ask great questions. You guys, you guys do. Uh, so question number one, where do you start when you want to work on a goal and commit to something, um, but you don't really have one? Feeling goalless. Goalless. So this is where I think being part of a community is really helpful, whether that is your own friends and family or it's your church, or it's a mastermind, or it's the free Primal Potential Facebook group. It really doesn't matter. If you are like itching to have something you're driving for, but you feel like you're a little goalless, start asking people what their goals are, right? I just had somebody before I logged on here to do this post in our 12 Weeks to Transformation Facebook group that as of today, they are debt-free. That's 
huge. Incredible. And that doesn't mean that that's where you should start. Maybe you want to start with saving $5,000. Maybe you want to start working out five days a week. Maybe you want to start dialing back the sugar that you consume or any number of other things. Maybe you want to institute a family game night or a date night once a week or something like that. But start asking other people. Then I think there's some, some personal introspection that you can do on your own, but please don't discount the power of seeing what other people are doing because I'm endlessly inspired by other people's goals and what other people are working on. But if you had a magic wand and you could change any area of your life, what would it be? If you could make anything different, if it was that you had more financial freedom, if it was that your genes fit better, those things, those kinds of questions are going to point you in the direction of your goal. So give that some thought. Like if you could wake up tomorrow and one thing in your life would be different, what would that be? Or if you had a magic wand and you could wave it and change something, what would you change? Those can really help you to um, find a goal. And you don't have to you don't have to have certainty with it. Just start. You're going to learn a lot from your experience and your practice. So ask other people, ask yourself some questions, and then just get started. Yeah. And, and start today. Absolutely. Every choice is a chance. Next question. Next question. Question number two. I want to start small and tackle some goals. Budget, weight loss being the main goals, but uh, I've been in Overeaters Anonymous for three years now, and that is working out great for me along with podcasts like yours and just learning to listen to my body and be aware of the toxic thoughts and not letting them cloud my mind. But how do you start small on a budget to work towards becoming debt-free? I often get overwhelmed and stop just where I've started. All right, so many of you guys have heard me share my experience in getting out of debt, and I totally understand. If we look just at the big picture, it can be totally overwhelming. I don't know where to start. It's going to take forever. I get it. That is one of the reasons that I really love Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover process. He's got a book. He's got a podcast if you don't want to buy the book. Um, but essentially, he has what he refers to as like the, the snowball approach, which you start tackling your smallest debt first. And I guess I should back up a little bit because he talks about establishing an emergency fund first. And it's like your mini emergency fund, then you get out of debt, then you build a more robust emergency fund with say four to six months of expenses, but like your mini emergency fund that you do not touch no matter what is $1,000. You don't tap into it. You don't get close to it. No matter what, that is, that is like your little, your little protective thing. So if you don't have $1,000 set aside yet, then that's where you start. If you have $1,000 set aside for if a tire blows out or unexpected bill comes in the mail or you have to make an emergency trip with family or something like that, $1,000 in the first starter emergency fund. Then from there, you focus only on the smallest debt. For me, when I was doing this, uh, it was a previous marriage and we had paid for our entire wedding cash because we didn't want to come out of it with any debt. The only thing got to the very, very end and we were like straight up out of money. The only thing that we put on a credit card were our wedding bands and they were simple bands. So I think at the point that I decided we were going to get out of debt, we maybe owed like $287 to Zales. For some reason, that number always stands out in my mind. So the first week, maybe I had $20 to put towards that. Then the next week, maybe I had 10 or maybe I had 50 or maybe I had 100 or it was my birthday and some extra money came through or whatever. You focus on the smallest one. Don't focus on the big picture of like, I've got to get out of debt. 
I really love the bite size approach of $1,000 in the emergency fund first, and then you start focusing on your smallest debt. Now, what happens if you blow a tire? You got to spend a couple hundred bucks. Emergency fund just went from $1,000 to $770. Then before you continue on that next smallest debt, you build back up that emergency fund. So your priority is keeping that always at $1,000 while you still have debt. And then you just, I had a very, very simple Excel spreadsheet that had, you know, I owed $287 to Zales. And then, I don't know, there's maybe $1,300 to like a, a furniture company. And then there was, it started getting bigger from there, like student loans, cars, that sort of stuff. But you're not focused on the student loans and the cars on day one. You're focused on the smallest thing. So I always found that really helpful. Total Money Makeover. Dave Ramsey has a podcast. Even if you, you, you have enough to get started just in a little bit that I've shared. So, Thank you. Next question. These are long ones today. The long questions, yeah. Yeah. How to keep pushing forward in life when you feel as though no matter how hard you work, you remain trapped in the same situation. I'm from a very low-income area and have worked my entire life to make something of myself and to be someone I can be proud of. But every time it, it seems like I make some progress, something happens to throw me backwards. I'm 27 now and have been working multiple jobs for most of my adult life but still have no money and live in a shared house with nine others despite living by strict budgets. I'm exhausted by the hamster wheel. Hmm. I'm so glad this came up because whether we're talking about finances as is, as this, this is the case or we're talking about building a business or we're talking about losing weight, I think everybody wants it to feel linear. You know, like I know when I was losing weight, you, you only want to see the numbers go down. You never want to see the numbers go up. In business, you always want to see your revenue grow. You never want to see your revenue drop. But nothing is linear. Nothing is linear. So first, kudos on doing the things that you're doing in terms of like sharing your house with other people and, and reducing those expenses and working multiple jobs. I think that's great. One, I remember a conversation I had with my sister once and I, I love my sister. She and I are very, very different. Uh, I'm not sure two people could be a whole lot more different than my sister and I. And this was years ago. Before the first Ascend, so the first Ascend was maybe in like 2015, 2016, and my sister and I had decided to never talk about money because we had vastly different approaches. She would say things like, I don't have enough money to do anything, I'm living paycheck to paycheck, I can't get ahead, and she was working a number of jobs, but then she'd have money to like go to a concert, and she'd have money to, you know go out of town for a weekend to visit friends. And she had the same feeling. I can't get ahead. Something is always coming up. And it was two steps forward, two steps back. And she was pretty much in the same place year after year. Long story short, she went to Ascend. She started to think about money differently. And she's debt free at this point. Um, minus, I think, well, no, even with her student loans now, because I think she's gotten to the point of forgiveness with them, but it was a long, long road. But the reason that I used to have a hard time talking to her about it is because I felt like she was nickel and diming her time. So she wasn't spending her time on high ROI activities. For example, one of the things that she did, and granted, she did it because she loved it, but she didn't love the situation she was in. She was coaching coaching um, high school and middle, uh, middle school sports teams. So that was something that took hours every week, I would say somewhere between seven and 12 hours a week. 
and she was getting paid the equivalent of like $30 a week. You know, if you factor in like what she got paid for the season, it was nothing. And so I would be looking at these multiple jobs that you're working and I would start transitioning to things that have a better return. Now, I understand you live in a very low-income area. However, the internet is a tremendous equalizer. You can go on a site like Fiverr or Upwork or any number of other ones. Like Just Google it and you'll probably get millions of results in a matter of seconds. You can be a virtual assistant for somebody and get paid a lot more than you would get paid you know, being a clerk at a, at a grocery store in a low-income area. The internet is a great equalizer. Things like network marketing. And I know that can be a controversial thing to say for a lot of people. Let me be clear. There are crappy network marketing companies. There are crappy network marketing teams. But there are also incredible network marketing companies and incredible network marketing teams. And I have seen people in low-income areas who are stay-at-home moms, and I have seen them create five-figure income in less than six months because they apply themselves, because they're not willing to remain in the problem. They want to be creative, energetic problem solvers. So whether it's that, whether it's having a storefront on Etsy, whether it's being an Amazon retailer, whether it is going on one of those sites that I mentioned and finding a way to be a virtual assistant for somebody, or you have some other skill set in Excel or in Google Sheets or in photo or video editing, there are ways to get paid more for the time that you are spending and you must take responsibility for exploring all of those options. That's, that's what I think. Start being committed to making more in the time that you are spending. There are ways. It's never been easier because of the internet. Yeah. That's what I have to say. Fair enough. Get get to it. Next question. How to combat insecure thoughts? What questions should I ask myself when my mind says to me that I'm not worthy of a certain goal or a certain achievement? Okay, so how do we combat insecure thoughts? What questions should you ask yourself if your mind is saying I'm not worthy of a certain goal or a certain achievement? Here's what I think. Worthy doesn't have a damn thing to do with it. You don't have to be worthy. You don't have to be worthy of starting a business because the reality is if you ask 65 people, what is, are you worthy of this? You're going to get 65 different answers. Worthy is entirely subjective. It's in your head. You do not have to be worthy by your own merit, by your own designation to do anything, right? If you want to go lose 100 pounds, do it worthy or feeling unworthy. If you want to start a business, I don't really care if you feel like you're worthy of it or you don't feel like you're worthy of it. The work has nothing to do with how you feel about yourself, all right? So stop looking to feel like somebody has given you permission or somebody has told you you're good enough or you even feel like you are good enough. Everything that you want to do, every goal that you want to pursue, you can do it whether or not you feel like you are worthy. So let's remove that consideration. And then when you're in your own thoughts, like if you're just laying in bed at night and you're sort of philosophizing on all of this, you can ask yourself, what would it mean for me to be worthy 
What would I have to be? How would I have to behave? What would have to be happening in my life or present in my personality for me to feel like I'm worthy? Get really specific. A lot of times people generalize like, I don't feel good enough. Well, what does that even mean? What would you have to do or be or feel to be good enough? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, because you've just been going with this convenient thing because it lets, lets you off the hook and you don't have to do the work because I'm not worthy, but you've never really explored it. If you feel like, well, I would need to be more consistent to feel worthy. Great. Go be more consistent then. Whatever it is that you want to create, you can do so. We always use this word specificity, but I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah. You can't think of those things like Thor's hammer. What's Thor's hammer? Thor's hammer is the hammer of the Greek god Thor, and it can only be picked up by those who are worthy. That's not what we're looking at here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look at, I've told this story a million times before with regards to like business and starting a business. I used to drive by every business and think there's no way that every single one of these people are like smarter than I am or they have more support, they have more resources. There's somebody out there who's dumb as a box of rocks and they still started a business. You know, like you don't have to have some certain level of anything to achieve anything. And the journey gives you your worth in the end. I mean, it's all perspective, though. I mean, you don't think that there's multimillionaires or billionaires out there who don't feel worthy? I'm sure there are. But that's like head stuff. Don't let the head stuff distract you from the in the trenches, work it out, create it, make it happen stuff. Yeah. Get in the trenches. Make it happen. You're just like the do it voice on this episode. Yes, yes, I am. All right, what else we got? Next question, and this is similar to some previous questions today. Uh, I want to start working on finances and on weight loss. This is like the two, the two things. The two I know this is today. I'm pretty sure overeating isn't my issue, more like not eating the proper whole foods, rushing home after work, trying to quickly feed the kids and make something, some, uh, make something everyone likes. I would love to be debt-free, but the whole picture <laughs> makes it a bit overwhelming. Where would you recommend starting? Specificity. Yes. And Specificity. So the reason that I think journaling is really, really helpful here, even though that is the Windex answer that we always... It really is. <laughs> uh, but here's why. Especially with... So we have a journal that we use in the 12 Weeks to Transformation. It's called the Identity Journal. And essentially what we're looking at is, what am I able and willing to do about it today? Because I agree with you. If we think about the big picture of like, I need to eat healthier, I need to feed the kids healthier, they don't really want it, and I want to be debt-free, and I have no idea how to get there, every day that just feels huge and overarching and impossible to step in. It's like this. When I think about writing a book, it's insanely daunting because it's like, oh, where do I start today? I sit down with my computer and it's like, uh, am I starting on like page one, chapter one, sentence one? Like, I don't know how to open the book, right? Or then you start to think like, oh my gosh, am I self-publishing? Am I working with a publisher? Who's going to do the title design? Am I going to pay somebody to do all of the like Amazon setup and the Audible? And am I going to record it myself? And where am I going to record it? And the last place I recorded it was a total nightmare. And what am I going to do? It can be completely overwhelming and then we don't start. So what I do is I start brainstorming here are 10 ideas that I want to write about. And then when I sit down to write, I know that tomorrow when I sit down, my task for the time allotted is a crappy first draft of the prologue, the sort of like backstory, what got me here, right? Or maybe my my 
hour block the following day, I've already predetermined is going through and pulling out the best ideas from what I've already written or what I've already brainstormed. Then I predetermined that the day after that is I'm taking one of those ideas and I'm going to write nonstop for an hour about that idea, even if it's really awful thoughts and incomplete sentences and ideas to go explore and whatnot. But the point is, I've sort of broken it down into a bunch of pieces and I know in my time each day what piece I'm working on, all right? So when it comes to things like I want to make better food choices. It's not that I'm eating too much, but I need to improve the quality. When we talk about focusing on today, it means what am I able and willing to do today to improve the quality of the foods that I eat or the foods that I feed my kids, right? What am I willing to do that reflects that? What is a step that I can take that I'm willing to make today to do that? Same thing with the finances. All right, I'd love to be debt-free. That's huge. What's one improvement I could make today? Maybe that just means calling the cable company and negotiating $20 lower on your bill or calling your car insurance company and negotiating that or canceling a few subscriptions that you have but you never use, right? Those are the kinds of things that I think we need to focus on. What we are able and willing to do today. The reason that I think journaling is so helpful for that is because I don't want you to just hope that you remember to be specific every day. The thing that my journal does for me is it forces me into a pattern of really getting granular. Okay, this is the goal. I remember every time I journal, I revisit the goal. What step am I able and willing to do today for it? I think that's how we take it from the big picture general to today's picture specific. And make your kids eat whatever you make them instead of stuff they like. <laughs> Easier said than done. Also, What's the next Also question? true. Also very true. Mm-hmm. Next question. When making the shift to the golden rules way of eating, what in what is typical in terms of symptoms from your body in the adjustment? How long does that adjustment period last? And how do we know uh, to calm down and ride it out? Or if we should eat some carbs just to feel better? Okay, so let's kind of... For some people that are like, what is the golden rules way of eating? It's, it's not so much the golden rules way of eating. There's a lot of questions around fat loss and carbohydrates. And I personally like to simplify it for people with four golden rules. The first golden rule is about timing. The second golden rule is about type. The third golden rule is about pairing. And the fourth golden rule is about quantity. Okay, so timing. Have your carbohydrates either with your evening meal or post-workout. Or post-workout means even if your workout is not at night, okay? Lots of questions about that. Episode 195 goes into this in more detail, but I'm just going to kind of summarize it here. Uh, So that's timing. Type, from a whole food source. So we're not talking about carbs, perfect, uh, pizza crust, whole food source, That means potato, that means rice, that means uh, yams, that sort of stuff, okay? Um, Pairing, with protein or fat. So what I don't want is somebody sitting down like, well, Elizabeth said carbs at night, so here's my bowl of Cheerios. There's my cake. (laughs) Right. Whole food source, right? And then quantity, about a half a cup. People who are more sensitive, maybe you want to start around a quarter cup, but round about a half a cup. This, this is, again, 
for if fat loss is the goal, and we go into this in episode 195. So for these questions, what is typical in terms of symptoms from your body in the adjustment? This depends a thousand percent on what degree of change it represents for you. So if you were somebody who was routinely waking up with orange juice, having a bowl of cereal, having a granola bar as a snack, having pasta, you know, mac and cheese at lunch, and then maybe a handful of pretzels as a snack, and then dinner was like rice and beans and chicken, and then dessert was ice cream and a cookie, and then maybe you walk back into the kitchen later and had some microwave popcorn, something like that. The golden rules are going to be a massive adjustment, but I never suggest that people go like totally crazy 100 degree change, 180 degree change. I want people to make incremental changes. But again, symptoms depend on the degree of the adjustment that it is. Most people don't feel anything other than better, right? They feel less hunger. They're having fewer mood swings. Their mood is more stable because we're really keeping blood sugar stable throughout the day. If you feel crappy, it probably has nothing to do with carbohydrates and everything to do with maybe you're not eating enough in general, maybe you're not hydrating enough. One of the things about carbohydrates, and this has been covered in past episodes of the podcast, carbs in your body are like little sponges. They hang on to water. Every gram of carbs that you consume, so every one single gram of carbs hangs on to several grams of water, four to five grams of water. So as we cut back on carbs. As we consume fewer of them, the goal is not elimination. Carbs are not bad, blah, blah, blah. We release a lot of water. That's why people seem to see fast weight loss. It's not fat. It's mostly water. If you're dehydrated, you're going to feel crappy, right? The other thing here, the question says like, how do we know if we should ride it out or eat some carbs to feel better? Let's get really, really clear on this. Vegetables are carbohydrates, And I want you to liberally consume vegetables throughout the day. So there should never be a reason ever, 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 unless you are training six to 12 hours a day as like a competitive athlete where like I need to eat some carbs to feel better. That is not a real thing. It's just not. Um, I want people liberally consuming vegetables. When we talk about the golden rules, we are talking about starch. So I want you having a big salad at some point throughout the day. I want you, you know, one of my favorite breakfasts is the cabbage salad bowl. It's it's cabbage, it's got carrots in there, it's got avocado in there. Now avocado is technically a fruit, but it also has carbohydrates. All vegetables are carbohydrates. So you're never, ever going to be at a place where it's like, oh my gosh, where are the saltines? I need some carbs to feel better. No, not a thing when we're talking about the golden rules. So that, that. That is. Next question. How do you make sitting through the discomfort of any urge a little more tolerable, durable, and in a way that improves confidence, commitment, adherence, and thusly true transformation? This is my biggest obstacle. Thank you. Perspective. So I always hesitate a little bit to to go here, but I I guess I'll go to what really helped me before I go to like the the more present version. Something that helped me years ago when I was first really shifting the way that I ate was the perspective of, but really what's hard? And 
the perspective that I had then was my dad died in a car accident. You know, I got a AOL instant message ping from my cousin to call my mom, which seemed really weird, called my mom for her to say, why are you calling? And I said, I don't know, Dylan told me to. And her response was, dad's dead. I got to go. That's hard. And the part that I guess I, I hesitate to kind of kind of use, but it but it's really true. And I wanna I wanna help people ground in perspective. Much more recently, just you know, six, seven months ago, our daughter died. That was hard. When you have a perspective of what is really truly hard, what is really truly unbearable, those are the things that come to my mind. Hearing from the doctors that we needed to call a priest and have a baptism and then say goodbye to our daughter, that's hard. Wanting cake and not having cake, not hard. Right. Like, just not hard. And I totally understand. The reason I hesitate is because it's like, not everybody has lost a child. Thank God. I don't wish that on anybody, ever. However, you can ground in that perspective. I was talking to a friend of mine who found a lump in her breast and went to the doctor and said, they said, no, it doesn't look like it's that much. Let's follow you for six months. And she was like, nope, not acceptable. I'm going to get another opinion. Sure enough, she had the most aggressive form of breast cancer. And it went from stage one when she found it to just like two weeks later, it was a stage 2B. It had progressed dramatically. It was growing at like some absurd percentage rate. Hearing that news that's hard. For people who are like, I really want to eat something after dinner, but I can't sit with it. It doesn't feel doable. What you need, and I get that this sounds tough, but this is real talk. You need to adjust your perspective on what hard is. Yes, you can totally convince yourselves, and so many of us have, and I have for decades of my life, convince ourselves that it's so hard to want to have what everybody else is having and not have it. But you know what? That's not hard. That's not hard. Living with an unrealized goal is harder than that, but even that isn't as hard as some things you might go through in your life. So I feel like this is 1,000% perspective. You know, when we talk about like the discomfort of any urge, make it more tolerable, make it more doable, adjust your perspective. This is not hard. Yeah, you got this. And also... Why is this important to me? But yeah, like what Chris said, you got this. Like you can also convince yourself that this is really easy, you know? And I don't think that it takes having lost a child. Have a glass of water. To to do that. I mean, I don't think it's go for a walk or have a glass of water. I really don't. I think it's in your head. It's how you think about it. It's in your perspective. You're going to convince yourself either way. You can convince yourself like this doesn't feel doable. Or you can convince yourself in the scheme of life, this is actually really damn easy. This is actually really damn easy. And when you shift your perspective in that way, you've now made just about anything possible for you. And even with that, I know you say a lot, you can do hard things. Yeah, but I feel very strongly here, this ain't hard. Agreed. And that's And that perspective, perspective yeah. really makes a difference. So if you are feeling like it is hard, what I want you to do is adjust your perspective. Final question. Let's hear it. Can you talk about leaving out drama when you tell your stories? I found that to be so impactful, and I'm sure it bears repeating. Yeah, so I I talk a lot about um, 
Cy Wakeman. She's an author. She wrote a book called No Ego. I talk about the way she uh, defines drama. She says, drama is what we add to the facts. So uh, earlier today, Chris was scheduling a DMV appointment for me, right? Fact. So automated, whatever, whatever, press this for this, press this for I this. I already like, don't like the way this story's going. <laughs> <laughs> but then it was basically like, due to high call, like, high call volumes, call back at another time, click, click hung up <laughs> on him, right? Then there was the online approach where there were very, very, very few appointments available and none of them were available now. And then there was only one day where there was three appointments and no other days in the ethers where there are appointments. So drama is what we add to the facts. And that is how we feel about it. This is ridiculous. This is stupid. This is crazy. Blah, blah, blah. That's that, drama. That's me verbatim. That's exactly <laughs> what I was saying. But that is, that is drama, right? True. Drama is what we add to the facts. The facts are, this is the way the DMV operates. I do not run the DMV. I do not get to change it or control it. I need the DMV in order to keep our car insurance active. Car insurance matters. So this is the way that it is. Everything else, this is so stupid. This is ridiculous. Why does it operate this way in 2020? Blah, 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 blah. All of that is drama. So in order to leave the drama out, we have to recognize the drama. For a lot of people, it just all blends together. The, the feeling about it, well, this is just the way it is. No, no. The way it is is that the DMV is not taking calls right now, and they only have three limited appointments three weeks from now. That is the way it is right now. Everything else is how you feel about it. So I really love the question, what have I added to the facts? What is the difference between what actually happened and how I feel about what happened? Those things help us to recognize the drama. And the only time that we can be like, all right, let's try to go through this without the drama is if we recognize it. So I think that's, that's super helpful. But I've also done total episodes on drama. So you can check those out for more information. We have a winner. And they are getting something that you're kind of bummed that I'm giving away. Know. But... We're going to do it. This might be the last time we give away the apple cinnamon. I, I am glad we bought a lot of the apple cinnamon. Though. We did buy a lot of it. And if you guys want to get it while it's still available, just email me, Elizabeth at primalpotential.com. We can tell you how to get it. Yes. Yes, um, we can. But who are we giving this away to today? Today's super special ultra lucky winner is at Haley underscore row. That's at H-A-I-L-E-Y underscore R-O-W-E. So, Haley, congratulations. You're going to love it. You've got to email Christopher at primalpotential.com within 60 days to claim your prize. Otherwise, we will happily keep it and yeah, drink it. We will. In your name. That's right. <laughs> we will toast you toast while you we do and it. Thank you, Haley, for not uh, claiming emailing. your prize. No, seriously. We, we want you to claim your prize. You've got 60 days to claim your prize. But if you don't, we will enjoy it. Even if you live in England or Malaysia, Central Africa. Doesn't matter. That's right. If the Postal Service will carry it to you, we will get it to you. Absolutely. So, guys, make sure that you leave a review of the podcast or a review of Chasing Cupcakes on Amazon or just post on Facebook or Instagram. Tag me so I see it, an episode that you're loving or listening to, and you might win next week. I'm really hoping for a victor on the International Space Station. So keep it up, listeners. I'm going to mail one to the station. Oh, okay. Does the, does the space station get mail? You're darn right they do. They're up there for months. Okay. All right. Everybody have an amazing day. We will talk to you very soon. Bye. Bye.
Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Potential Podcast, where our goal is not to help you learn. Our goal is to help you change. This is a year of action. Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash transform. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big